Hey there, welcome to the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Mona Andre. I truly believe that the saddest thing in the world is forgotten potential. This is why I'm here, to remind you that even though you're a mom, which is an important role, it's equally important to remember that you're an individual with dreams, goals, and aspirations of your own. This podcast is a reminder that you're not alone, and there's so much more to life than laundry. I am so glad you're here. Let's dig into this episode. Hey there. First off, I want to apologize for my voice. I'm battling a bit of a cold this week, but as they say, the show must go on, and it's no different for the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. Secondly, you may have noticed that every week I alternate guest episodes with solo episodes. This week, it's just me, and I want to share an excerpt from my book, Superwoman, A Funny and Reflective Look at Single Motherhood. This is from Chapter 1, titled, Breakups, In Many Ways, They're Like a Barstool. Moving, starting a new job, realizing that you've just burned dinner and have no backup plan. These are some of the most stressful situations in anyone's life. And then there's the breakup which sits in its very own corner of a dark room. No matter who initiates a breakup or the reasons behind it, here's the thing. Even for the right reasons, breakups are difficult. And when you have children, they're even harder because this is when you realize that fairy tales that end with and they live happily ever after are full of shit. Not because happy endings don't exist, but because for single mothers, the end of a crappy relationship is really the beginning and it can be a beautiful beginning if you allow yourself to flourish which is what happened to me looking back when i broke up with the father of my children i flourished while a breakup may feel like the end of everything including your life it's actually not yes it's the end of your life as you know it but be optimistic the end of crap can only mean that you're giving room to something better, a new beginning. That said, before you get to that promised beginning, you must prevail through four phases before you're out of the woods. Like the four legs of a bar stool, these four phases are important because going through them and perhaps even embracing them will give you the foundation for moving forward on solid ground. You see, when you're a single mother, the end really is the beginning, the beginning of you. Let's walk through the phases of a breakup. My hope here is that by becoming aware of these four phases, you'll be able to recognize where you are and even let some of the pain escape into the ether of not my problem anymore. Phase one, when you realize that you've been overlooking yourself. Right or wrong for each other, there's something sentimental about growing a relationship. And as a woman, I think you'll relate when I say that we have this tendency to want to accommodate every aspect of our lives, including the lives of those around us, especially the men in our lives. Or if we want to put it more um, as an individual, especially the man in our life. Accommodate in this context means often putting ourselves aside so that we can focus on pleasing others. Then you wake up one morning and realize that you don't even like your eggs scrambled or war movies or whatever it is that you've tried to pretend to like for his sake. This is a very scary phase because it means it's time to reevaluate 
what you've deemed the most important aspect of your life, your partner. The questions that haunt you during this phase go something like this. What if it's me? Am I being selfish? What if there's no one out there for me? What if I'm just afraid of being alone? Am I settling? And even though the gods that be do not descend and bestow you with the answers, you wonder if maybe just the fact that you're asking these questions is a sign. Then something happens that pushes you to the darker side of second-guessing yourself and you begin to question your relationship. Is it healthy? Is it dysfunctional? The very fact that you're asking these questions makes you realize that the answers are, respectively, no and yes. Is it healthy? No. Is it dysfunctional? Yes. Breaking up is never easy. If it were, there wouldn't be 11,000 songs written about how much it hurts. And because we're in this new millennium, I'll be the first to say it. For better or for worse are the five stupidest words to have ever been strung together in a sentence. For better or for worse, are you kidding me? All that to say that no, it's not you. If you're in a crappy relationship, get the hell out. I know it's not easy, it's damn hard. But if you're not happy with him, at least give yourself the chance to be happy without him. Take the step and here's what happens next. Phase two, when you wake up that first morning as a single mother and you realize that you did not wake up dead. Phase two is probably the shortest phase of all. You ended the relationship and not only did you survive the first night as a single person, but you feel kind of good about it. You lie in bed a little longer than usual because the ceiling seems to be inspiring you to make plans for your new life. It's actually an exciting time. Your first plan of action is to get rid of all the evidence. Clothes in the closet, man things in the bathroom, left behind, beer in the fridge, it all has to go. And suddenly, you realize just how much of your universe, your space and time was being sucked up by discontent and disappointment. The hardest part of breaking up is the actual breaking up part. You realize that the moment that weight has been lifted from your shoulders, and now that he's gone, you feel liberated. You wonder why it took you so long. And guess what? Your future, the future of your kids, stands a chance now. A chance for what? A chance to be happy. A chance to try new things. A chance to discover who you really are without the burden of unhappiness. Let's face it. Unhappiness is a distraction. You're free now. Perhaps even freer than you've ever felt in your life. This is huge. That is until you enter phase three. This is when you set up camp beside the hamster. Phase three is the saddest part of the breakup. It's also the most volatile. Just like the unsteadiness of a three-legged barstool, you have to be very careful as to where you place your weight. And by weight, I mean thoughts. This is when you go inward. Suddenly, you realize that driving alone in your car has turned into a sweat lodge for your emotions. The lyrics to every single song on the radio hijack your memories. All the shared dreams and conversations, and it dawns on you that, O-M-G, maybe you did make a mistake. These are the thoughts that go through your head. What if it was me? What if I was being selfish? What if he really was the one? What if I wasn't settling? 
And so you call your mom and tell her what the hamster is now trying to make you believe that you have to call him back. And your mom confirms what your now ex has been trying to tell you in the gazillion texts and voicemails he's been sending you since the breakup. He's not a bad person. He just made some mistakes. But you have to remember, you think one mistake, two mistakes. But after years of mistakes, the word mistake defined the entire relationship. Phase three is the saddest, the longest, and the most unstable of all the breakup phases. The key is not to let yourself think about the good things, but to remind yourself of the parts that should have been classified as quote-unquote unacceptable. You know what I'm talking about. Perhaps you have the bruises to show for it. Perhaps those bruises weren't on your body, but on your soul. Did he support you in your dreams and aspirations? Did he belittle you? That's abuse. Phase three is a little like a detox diet. You have to keep you in mind until you get him out of your system. And then one day you enter into phase four. This is when you wake up one morning, take a deep breath and realize that you've set yourself up with a bar stool complete with four legs and strong enough for you to sit on all by yourself. This is the day that you notice the sun has melted a thin layer of the sadness that grew around both your perception and your awareness. It's also the day that you choose to keep many of the pieces from that relationship in your heart because perhaps he really isn't a bad person. There were times when you really did believe that love meant forever, no matter what. You're just realizing now that forever wasn't meant to be with him. There's a saying that people come into our lives for either a reason, a season, or a lifetime. The reason is easy to understand. Teachers come in many forms, and we really can learn from everyone. A lifetime, well, isn't that the goal? To have someone to love, admire, and respect, someone you can count on until death really does do you part? Not as easy to understand is the season. What does someone coming into your life for a season really mean? I struggled with this one for a long time. Why do people come into our lives if it's not for a reason or a lifetime? And then it dawned on me. Sometimes we are the reason to cross another's path. Sometimes we have something to offer or a lesson to share. Regardless, when it comes time to letting go of someone, even if he's the father of your children, moving on can be the greatest gift that you give yourself, even if it means leaving a piece of yourself behind. You may feel sentimental because leaving a piece of yourself behind is never easy. But once you realize that that piece is no longer serving you, moving on becomes easier. When I first became a single mother, I went through all these phases, the questioning, the sadness, the melancholy, even the regrets. Perhaps like you, becoming a single mother was not what I had imagined for myself. And then there's strength and there's power. As a single mom, strength is a given. We do it all, no matter how exhausted we are at the end of the day. And the following morning, we get up and we do it all over again, alone. That right there is strength. And don't you ever doubt yourself. As for the power, you've got that too. You have the right to live your life on your terms and with a sense of meaning. It's all about finding your purpose because living without a sense of purpose is like eating craft dinner. It fills the void, but there's no oomph. If you enjoyed this excerpt, 
from my book, Superwoman, A Funny and Reflective Look at Single Motherhood. It's available wherever books are sold, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Indigo. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. It means so much to me that I can share with you. We have some amazing guests coming up in future episodes, so please follow me on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at Mona underscore Andre. And we even have a Single Moms with Moxie Facebook group. I hope you join. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane.